Welcome to another exciting word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. What we're talking about tonight, about being in Christ, okay? And Christ being in us. In Colossians, the first chapter, we're going to look there before we go to the book of Romans. In a moment, we're going to be going to Romans, the eighth chapter. But Colossians 1.27 is our key scripture, our kickoff scripture. Look what it says in Colossians 1, verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, God's hope for the world is in you. Isn't that amazing? God's hope for the world to be saved. God's hope for the next person to be saved. God's hope of His glory filling the earth and the knowledge of His glory to fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. God's hope is in you. That's a mystery. That just baffles my mind that God would put all of His hope in you. He would put Christ in you, His hope hope that that the glory of the lord would be seen in the earth and how better to manifest his glory than to stir up the holy spirit in our lives so that we are always able we are instant in season and out of season able to give a word to the weary in due season to pray for those who are in need to lift up the banner of all christ did on the cross and what he did in bearing our 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 uh, shame and our sickness our disease in his own body how better to manifest the glory of god than to see lives changed to see you know, demons interrupted to see diseases fall prey to the name of Jesus, to see sickness have no more power in someone's life. How better to, to spread the glory of God than to see the manifest presence of Christ in you, seeing Jesus alive in the earth in you. That's God's hope. Sometimes it's manifest in something so simple as a smile and a God bless you. I love you. It's okay. I'll do that. I'll get that. Let me. Here's a cup of water. Here's some food. And sometimes it is so magnificent that we see miracles happen. That people are dramatically delivered from, from uh, addictions and, and lust-filled desires hatred and bigotry and they're just delivered and set free and turned because of christ reminds me of a man who comes to our community occasionally he's a man who lives in haifa israel he and his wife his name is yusef dakwar he he's preached for us and he preaches also for first baptist church in groves I took the pastor of the First Baptist Church there on his first trip to Israel 
took 13 Baptist pastors, Southern Baptist pastors in our community uh, a few years ago uh, and, and to their familiarization tour and took them through Israel as well numbers of other pastors. I did that for a few years and carried people just to show them and, and, and preachers uh, you know, uh, what, what they were preaching about in hopes that they would, 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 would return with groups. And, and Brother Joe down there, uh, Pastor Joe, he is a marvelous man. Let me tell you, if you ever decide to stop coming to our church, go there. Okay, uh, you'll be well fed, well cared for. He is uh, just a wonderful man. First Baptist Church in Groves, and um, we are blessed in our community with you know perhaps three hundred or, or more great churches with great pastors from all denominations. We are a blessed community, and uh, but Pastor Joe made a real close relationship with Yusef Dakwar, and he's been back several times and come to visit us. But Yusef. Uh, is a is a is a Palestinian, uh, uh, and he he broadcast uh, uh, the word of God into the Arab countries. Now that's a that's an amazing thing. He's been doing that for a number of years, but he was in a place to where he literally had a a, a bitterness. Uh, these are my words, and I believe I'm representing him correctly. But he he uh, you know uh, he had a uh, had a hatred, as it were had a, venge, a vengefulness, had, had, uh, he, he was against Israel and against the, the, uh, all, all the things that, that you might imagine that a believer in Christ might be more sensitive to. Because on his side of life, he, he was, uh, you know, had not had um, uh, the advantage of knowing Christ growing up. But when he got born again a few years ago, something changed in his life. And I'm telling you that, that what happened to him to become a, uh, you know, a, not only just a believer and a teacher and a preacher of the Word of God, but to go from feeling one way about a people group and willing you know, to uh, be a part of, of, of causing them a lot of harm willing to be one of those people that you fear maybe even desiring to be i don't want to paint it too harsh but i don't think i could in his case okay willing to cause a people group that people you don't even know just because they happen to be of one culture one custom one religion one nation willing to cause them trouble like the Apostle Paul, to all of a sudden, whew, a changed man with a different heart and a different mind. Suddenly, it's because he stepped out of his old man and stepped into Christ. And all of a sudden, things looked different, felt different, seemed different. Let me tell you, it can happen to anyone. If it happened to the Apostle Paul and it happened to Yusef Dakwar, it can happen to any person you know. Suddenly, instantly, that, in, that stepping into Christ and people are so much closer than you might ever imagine. They are so close. Perhaps, and let me just tell you, uh, you know, this is a reality for so many. Perhaps your worst enemy, your worst nightmare, perhaps your greatest adversary is just one step away from stepping into Christ.
Maybe they're just so close. And, and maybe, uh, you know, like a fish, they fight hardest when they get to the top of the water, you know. Sometimes people fight hardest whenever they're in their last moment. But let me tell you, you are going to be shocked. You're going to be amazed at the people who come to Christ in this season we are in. People that you never imagined, people you didn't imagine could change. You'll see them change. You are going to find it even hard to believe because they, their, their old man dies and they step into Christ. And all of a sudden, they become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And as the word says, old things pass away and all things become new and all things are of Christ. You know, all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus to wit God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Wow, what a good passage. But it's a mystery. I don't know how it happens, but I do know that it happens. Christ is in us. You know, you are God's hope for the world, uh, the world in which you live, not just for the world in the next generation, not just for the world in 10 years, not just for the world, you know, as soon as our economic problem, you know, as, as soon as gas prices go down. You are the hope of the world today. You are the hope, the church of the living God and members of the body of Christ are the hope of the world today you are god's hope each person every person you were born at the right time you are born in the right place you are born to the right family you were born with the right gifts you were born exactly like god wanted you to be so that you could be exactly what he needs you to be in this day not in another day but today today god has positioned you he's prepared you and you are right for the job that he's given you you may not be aware of the impact that you are currently making but god has chosen you to accomplish his desired destiny for your life the things which have happened in your past Listen, the things that are happening to you presently are not punishment for your past. They are positioning for your future. God is preparing and positioning you. Your, your only job is to let your light shine wherever you are, whether you're on the top of the mountain or in the valley or whether you're in between or if you're in some mundane, humdrum, day-in, day-out, normal place of life to where it seems so boring. Let your light shine. You are where God wants you, when God wants you. He just needs you to be the mystery, his hope, with Christ in your life, letting your light shine. God has a plan, as I've told you before. He will succeed. And you know what I'm going to say. You have a chance to participate. You have a chance to participate. He's going to win with you or without you, but he wants to win with you. Do you know what I, what, what I don't want? Here's what I don't want. I don't want to get to heaven one day or stand in front of Jesus at the great judgment seat. I don't want to be there and find out, you know, after not having done, you know, uh, after having been perhaps a negative and find out that God knew that's what I was going to do and that's just what he let me do. And I played a part in teaching people what not to do. I don't want to get to heaven to find out I was a Judas. 
And God knew this, that's what I'd be best at. That's what I wanted to do. So he just went ahead and used me like that. God's going to use you whether you like it or not. Who are you going to be in the story? You're going to be a hero or a zero, but you're going to teach other people how to be or how not to be. You're going to teach other people to be more like you or less like you. You're going to teach your children, you know, what to do or what not to do. You're going to teach, you know, the people you haven't even met yet. You're going to be in the plan of God for their life. What is it that you want to teach them? God uses everybody. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Don't think for a moment you can walk through this life without being used by God to benefit his kingdom, whether you're in agreement or disagreement. How many times do we read Bible stories and go, oh, that guy teaches us something, but we don't want to be like him. Don't let anybody tell you any different. God knows that you are not perfect. Okay? But <laughs> he also knows that he has perfected you in Christ. That when you step into Christ, you being perfect is not, you know, uh, that, 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 that's not at issue. That's not a problem. You are in Christ, and the grace of God, and the light of Christ shines. Do you know, in Christ, I can, say, I, I can say something in Christ that God can use and magnify and multiply and, 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 and uh, you know, mean something that I never intended to somebody that needs to hear something that I never said. When I'm not in Christ, all they're hearing is the junk that's coming out of my head. God knows that you are not perfect, but he also knows that he has perfected you. You see, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that you have the mind of Christ. Can you believe that? Can you believe that God said we have the mind of Christ? Wow. Philippians 4.13 says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Philippians 4.19 also tells us that God will supply everything that you need according to his riches, not according to your need, but according to his riches. Isaiah 54, 17 tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. I mean, we, we, it's not us, it's God in us. John 4, verse 4 says that, that you know, you, you have overcome. Listen, little children, you have overcome because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Well, uh, I know that some of us in times past, perhaps, maybe now, wonder if you can be used by God, but I just want to dispel any concerns. You are being used by God. I just want to be used greater and in a more perfect way. I would love to be a blessing. I love to be used by God to be a blessing to people. Even after failures or disappointments or hardships even after great difficulties you know uh, god can still use us sometimes people imagine that that they have disqualified themselves for some reason but god's going to use you every day of your life and and most likely he he'll even use you after you die he'll use your memory he'll use your you know uh, i mean you know examples all throughout the word of god in fact, every name we read in the Word of God, every story we read in the Word of God, God is using somebody after they died. 
Isn't that interesting? Well, uh, listen, just realize that failure does not disqualify you. Why not just get up and brush yourself off and be used for, for God's good purposes the next time? As I said, you may not be perfect, but you have been perfected. Uh, as we're turning to Romans, the eighth chapter, uh, several people from our church were in Greece this past week as we were, uh, you know, uh, going from Philippi all the way down to Athens and to Corinth, and we were uh, following the footsteps of Paul. And uh, while we were there, uh, I had occasion, and, and, and we had occasion, to read from the 7th and the 8th chapter, or, or, or quoting the 7th, I, I think actually quoted, I, I had read it, but we quoted from the 7th and 8th chapter of, of, of the book of Romans, and so um, sometimes I think people feel this way, and I just want you to, to hear what the Apostle Paul was saying, and uh, I, 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 I would like for us to look at this and realize that without regard as to how you may feel or what you may face, that God has an answer for you and wants to use you. We're going to read in a moment from the 8th chapter, but let's, let's uh, um, consider what the 8th chapter is all about. Many of you, uh, most of you, probably all of you perhaps, know that the Bible was not written in chapter and verse. It was written as a flowing, you know, a narrative, okay, as, as just, a, just, you know, as a book, as a letter. Not, uh, you know, it was not broken up into chapter and verse. So many times, whenever we go to the next verse, we're not finished with the last thought. Many times when we go, you know, we stop at the end of a chapter whenever we need to keep reading on through the next chapter because, you know, uh, somebody broke that chapter and broke that thought right there and God is not necessarily finished with that thought but to help us all to be on the same page and and study the same thing uh, I'm, I'm so glad that God had men break these up where we can identify where we are and all be together but if we were to read chapter 7 without chapter 8 we, we would be left in a Greek tragedy okay we would be left in a tragedy the thought doesn't end there in chapter 7 the last part of chapter 7 the Apostle Paul uh, begins to identify uh, uh, two laws he said there are two laws I see two laws in my life he said uh, when I want to do good evil is right there so that uh, what I want to do is the very thing I don't often accomplish and the things I don't want to do are the very things I end up doing. That's kind of a, you know, I mean, who has not experienced that? Since the Garden of Eden. Okay? Every generation, every culture, every custom has found that they wrestle with their, their own nature. And they wrestle with their own experiences. They wrestle with their faith. And, and, and they wrestle with sin. And they wrestle with temptation. And, you know, the Bible even says that Jesus was tempted in every manner just like we are, yet he did not sin. I don't have that record. Uh, I was tempted and, uh, you know, twice I sinned. Okay? The Apostle Paul, that was recently, I guess, I don't know. 
the Apostle Paul said, if you say you're without sin, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, well, the, the Scriptures do, then, then you're really fooling yourself. Actually, it says more harshly, you're a liar. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but at any rate, the Apostle Paul is, is trying his best to identify with his readers. Because his readers there, this is written to people in Rome... And it's written to a Gentile population who have not necessarily been raised, uh, you know, under the umbrella of, 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 the, of, the, uh, of, of the Bible, of the Old Testament. And he's helping them to, to get to a place where they can say to themselves, yes, you know, I wrestle, I struggle, sometimes I sin. And the very thing that I don't want to do ends up the thing that I do. And the thing that I want to do, it seems like I'm unable to do. And, 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 and I'm struggling and wrestling. And, 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 and I find that, that, that sin you know, is in me. Yet, yet, you know, uh, yet in my flesh, I mean, with, with, my, with my mind, I serve the law of God. But with my flesh, the law of sin. And I don't know how, oh, wretched man that I am. This is where he leaves us. Oh, wretched man that I am. I mean, you can get down on yourself looking at yourself. If, if the only thing you see in the mirror is you, you can get pretty down on yourself sometimes, especially after a failure, after a disappointment, after something that you thought you would never do, and you did. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Wow. So with my you know, mind, I serve the law of Christ. And with my body, you know, uh, gosh, I, 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 I serve the law of sin. When I'm walking in the flesh, I'm a sinful creature. And when I'm walking in Christ, then I'm serving the Lord. Thanks be unto God, he said in the last verse. I thank God. And I'm thankful to God tonight that God did not leave us without a remedy. That God did not leave us, as I said earlier, in a Greek tragedy. That's not the end of the story. God didn't stop right there. He begins in verse 1 of chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation. Stop condemning yourself. Jesus said to the woman taken in adultery, uh, uh, you know, uh, is any person condemning you? She looked around and said, no. He said, neither do I condemn you. John 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. If God has not sent Jesus to condemn me, but rather to save me, then why in the world would I allow the world to condemn me? And why in the world would I condemn myself? Failures are going to occur. Testings, trials, tribulation, and some disappointments will happen. Should we sin that grace might more abound? God forbid! Grace is not a license to sin. But thank God for the grace that is greater than sin there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ now listen for this word to be true for you you're going to have to be in christ 
Because if you're just in your flesh, if you're not born again, then you are judged eternally on your own merit. And good won't get you there. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from that law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemned sin. Not me, He condemned sin. The Old Testament judged sinners. The New Testament separates sin from sinner and saves the sinner and condemns the sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but I am in Christ. I am walking according to the Spirit of God. I am in Christ. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally, fleshly, sarkikos minded is death, but to be spiritually, pneumatikos, to, to mind the things of the Spirit, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If all you are is a mortal man, you cannot please God. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh. But you are not. Now, he's writing to people he's never seen. He's writing to people in a church in Rome in another country. He's writing this from Corinth, looking all around him at the sin that is going on. And he is writing this to a people he hadn't seen in a church he has not visited. But he knows one thing about them, that they are born again. And that's all that he knows about them. And he tells these born again believers that you are not born of the flesh. Your life is not held captive by the carnal appetites of the flesh. It does not mean that they did not sin. It meant that they were not born of the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, you are not in the flesh. This is not Something that you can just take yourself out of Christ because you decide to do something that God doesn't want you to do. And you go and you sin and you fail and you do something that you know you should not have done does not take you out of Christ. 
The Spirit of God dwells in you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. He is becoming mutably stationed, irrevocably positioned in your life. You have been born again. Old man dead. You're a new creature. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness, because of what he did, not what you did, but what he did. You can't do anything to get saved. It's not about what you did. It's about what he did. It's not about what you do. It's always about what he did. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You know, God has a plan for your life and and even when you feel defeated, yet you are victorious in Christ. Because you are in Christ and Christ is in you. If you are born again, if His Spirit dwells in you, if you have stepped into Christ by faith, it's a great mystery. But it is the truth. Thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.